0: Hi, my name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to the Craig Tim Show. As many of you know, every time we meet, I'll be sharing God's message on living the Christian life. And during our times together, we will be challenged, we will be tested. The Lord wants us to hear from Him every time we get together. We have doubts, but He helps us overcome them. We have concerns, and He helps rectify them. Folks, the Lord is with us every day, and His promises are just as relevant today as they were yesterday, and we know they'll be here for tomorrow. Now, as we start, we've all heard many stories of people overcoming obstacles in their lives, insurmountable odds, with no obvious solution. One... Movie that stands out to me was uh, the movie Rudy. If you have not seen it, it is about a young man. He grew up in a blue collar family, and their family were diehard Notre Dame fans. His dream was to one day run out onto the field and play football for Notre Dame University. Unfortunately, he was not the fastest, he was not the biggest. He was not even the most talented, but his heart was like that of a lion. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen it, I really, really recommend that you get it. It's just a really good, feel-good movie. Three years, he gets beat up in practice over and over and over, and he is just on the scout team, and he gets pummeled every single week. But he always gets up and keeps trying and there's just no way he's going to get on. His senior year, you'll need to see the movie because there are some changes that take place. Anyway, there are many other stories about names that we're all familiar with that have overcome extreme odds of life. There's Oprah Winfrey and and her life and what she grew up as and where she was born and, and... If you don't know it, it is just an amazing story of what she's become from where she started. There are the sports stars we hear that come out of the the projects. And they are superstars because they are just God-given talented. And, of course, we have our military heroes. And there are even Holocaust survivors. El Wiesel, for one, overcoming the depths of the Holocaust at being at the worst camp there was during that time. And he walked away from it in the end. It is just an amazing story. But I'm sure you personally know a number of people in your circle that have overcome obstacles and impossible odds to be where they're at today, right? We all do. But there are also many stories in the Bible that tells of overcoming obstacles and how those were able to overcome them. And what... And, You know what the difference between an obstacle and an opportunity is, don't you? Yeah, we've all heard it. It's our attitude. And that's what I want to ask you today. Can your obstacles possibly really be your miracles? And that is the title of our message today. Can your obstacle really be your miracle? But first, I want to look at the definition of obstacle. The definition says, to stand in front of, be in the way, something that impedes progress or development. We all know what an obstacle is. We can point to so many of them in our lives, right? How about the obstacles uh, that the guys have to run through an obstacle course? Jump over water, swing by the vine, climb the highest wall and jump over. And now, through past i don't know if they're doing it anymore or not but they turn those obstacle courses into mud obstacle courses where it's muddy and you're crawling under i don't know bars and whatnot and jungle gym it's just an amazing thing but i am sure that you have all had your share of obstacles just like i have we're going to begin today in Mark 2 and verses uh, 1 through 5. See, Jesus is entering the town of Capernaum, which happened to be a key military center for the Romans and a crossroads for merchants connecting major cities, gosh, as far away as ways, Egypt to the south of Mesopotamia to the north. And the news of Christ's return to the city had preceded him. And when he got to town, there were so many people waiting to hear what he had to say. Now, in this town, like so many other towns, there were many needs there. But there was this one particular man in in this town who was sick and paralyzed. He was a complete and totally invalid, solely dependent on others to take care of him. However, unbeknownst to him, his circumstances were going to dramatically change on this day. You see, four of his friends had heard about a man called Jesus of Nazareth. And this man, who they had never seen or heard speak at all, was in town. They were not sure if he, Jesus, could really rectify and help them. But, my goodness, there's nothing to lose and everything to possibly gain. So they picked up the paralyzed friend and they carried him all across town to see Jesus. When they finally got to the house, they were so amazed that so many people had gathered there in anticipation of Christ being there that there was no room inside. And it was, quote, standing room only outside the house. They couldn't even get close. Let me ask you another question. When you recognize a need in someone, do you act or how do you act? See, successful churches or Busy Christians today can be oblivious to people in need who want to see Jesus. In some churches, if the crowd is too copious and, or disinterested, a needy person will simply just leave and not stay around. How sad it is if a church is so preoccupied with their own relationships and agendas that they don't even see those who are trying to get in. This should never be the case. You know that, and I know that. But it happens. It happens in all the churches around. Or 99%, I'm sure. See, many people have physical and spiritual needs that you and I can meet, either by ourselves or with others. But in this instance, human needs motivated these four friends, and they took action on their friends' behalf. Now, with so many people there, they couldn't even get close. Unbelievable, they said. I can't believe it. What are we going to do? This is impossible. An obstacle, a barrier, stopping them from achieving the goal they had thought they wanted to achieve. Isn't that true about our lives as well, though? Obstacles of life keeping us from receiving our blessings are constantly in our way and we must deal with them on a daily basis. See, recently a man, he visited a church where he had to jump over quite a few, what he thought, unnecessary hurdles before he finally could get his seat in the worship service. See, there was no sign up front. He drove to the church's location, and he was surprised not to even see a sign. He was using the GPS, and even had stopped at the gas station where they sell maps, and and the old school had even had a map just in case that GPS was, you know, cuckoo that day. Was he in the right place? He realized that he had driven by this building hundreds of times, and it was just an old warehouse. He never knew that a church might exist in there. He suspected he might be in the right place, After he noticed all the cars in the adjacent parking lot, he knew he was close. So as he parked his car, he did happen to see a small sign on the side of the building facing the side road, but there was no sign by the main road. Now, as he made his way to the building, he tried several doors to get in, but all of them were locked. When he did finally find an unlocked door to enter in this rundown warehouse he noticed that there were no greeters like all the other churches have today. He walked into the strange, quote, church building and stood in the lobby all by himself, spinning around with a blank look on his face like, is this really the right place? And he was trying to figure out what set of doors to go through next. Nobody was around to help find his way. No signs, nothing. He did finally see a group of kids entering door number one, as he called it. And, well, that's not the right one. That's the kid's door. So he became a little exasperated and was thinking of leaving. But he did finally see a few adults going in door number two. So he followed them. They went down a long hallway to another entrance. How many doors does this place have, he thought. And after all this, oh, my goodness, he was expecting to see... 30, 40, maybe 50 people or so in here. But what he saw when he got inside this door was a very large auditorium and it was literally packed. There had to be five or 600 people in there at least. And then he says, I felt like I was on a treasure hunt. You really have to want to go to this place since they put so many obstacles in your way. And when you face tremendous obstacles, are you facing some this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you're listening to this? Joshua 3, we're going to look at here for a moment. See, the Bible teaches us there is no obstacle too big for the Lord. What do you do when you face these kind of obstacles? I have a few points for you. Imagine that. First of all, devote yourself fully to the Lord. Joshua, in his story here, he's about to lead the people out of their 40 years of wilderness wanderings into the promised land. And you need to show that same spirit of devotion to the Lord if you are going to live the life of victory that awaits. A devotion, what does that take? How about World Cup soccer players, LeBron James, Tim Tebow, missionaries, doctors in their school, College students, you can name anybody that you know who is devoted to their cause because so many people are in their own ways. But how do you know you're fully devoted to the Lord? You're devoted to prayer, Joshua 3.1. talks about prayerful people have learned that they cannot make it on their own. They need God. The number one priority in our life is our personal relationship with Lord Jesus Christ. Now, do you have time for daily prayer? When you're faced with a busy schedule, why don't you just save precious time by skipping those devotions? By the way, that is a note signed by Satan, trying to get you off your course. Who or what has your full devotion today? Another question for us. God desires and he deserves to have our total devotion. Does he for you? Many Christians believe they're supposed to tell God what they want and then ask him to bless it, right? We've heard that too many times. So you're devoted to obedience to the Lord. Joshua 3, verses 2 and 3 talks about it. Obedience to the Lord is what brings the blessings of God. Obedience to the Lord is not always easy, but what's the alternative? Discouragement. Defeat. Maybe even death. What kind of testimony do you want to leave behind? Millions of God's people had died in the wilderness because they did not walk with God in obedient faith. Hebrews 3, 15-19 talks about that. Wandering for 40 years because the Israelites did not believe in God's protection and promises that they would even prevail. Our lack of trust in God and His promises always prevents us from receiving His best. Now, what could be sweeter to the Lord and to your family, but showing that you loved God with full devotion? General Patton once said, I devote my whole life to the Lord daily. Your devotion to the Lord can change your family, your church, your relationships. Joshua 3 3 says, Go after it. Now, what did the Israelites crossing over the Jordan and the Canaan represent? It represents victorious Christian living. Victory in the Christian life comes by surrender and obedience to the Lord. God has brought you out of a life of sin, your own wilderness, so to say, and into a life of devotion and service to the one who rescued you. He brings you out of a life of sin into a life of worshipful service. You are devoted to spiritual preparation, are you? Do you prepare yourself for God's best? What I think of devotion? It's similar to a strong marriage. My wife and I did our best to prepare ourselves for marriage, even though we were not Christians at the time. A couple of years after we married, we did give our lives to the Lord. And we have been with him for many, many years. Actually, we're We are approaching 40 years of marriage together, yet we still find it to be an adventure with one another. The enemy will do all he can to make you angry and bitter and selfish. Ever have a conflicting discussion with your spouse and things just aren't getting any better? Maybe worse. And then both of you are just done. The silent treatment is implemented. Both husband and wife decide that silence is golden. Like the man who had a fight with his wife, and they decided to give each other the silent treatment. Problem was, the man realized his wife would have to wake him at 5 in the morning for an early business flight, but not wanting to be the first one to break the silence, he wrote her a note and says, Please wake me at 5 a.m. And the next morning when he woke up, there was light coming through the window. And he jumped out of bed, and he realized it was 9 a.m. He had missed his flight completely, and man, was he fit to be tied. He was so angry. He was about to let the wrath of his anger out on his wife when he noticed a piece of paper by the nightstand, and it said, It's 5 a.m., time to wake up. The key here is to stay totally devoted to one another and the lordship of Jesus. No one else can have me, just Peggy, my wife. Just as I'm set apart for her alone, I am set apart to the Lord. Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. When you face life's tremendous obstacles, devote yourself fully to the Lord. And let God bring you through it. If you're facing an obstacle today, and you just don't know how to get to the other side, boy, have I got great news for you. God knows how. And the Israelites had not gone this way before getting ready to cross the Jordan. But God had. God gave Joshua the instructions as to what they were exactly to do. And that's found in chapter 3, verse 8 of Joshua. They had to trust God's plan and not their own. So many times you miss out on God's best because you try to get ahead of God instead of letting Him lead. Are you doing things your way? Or God's way, just like the Frank Sinatra song, my way, that's the best way, so we think. God says, bring the tithe to me. And you say, well, God, you just don't understand this month. And God may say, step out and share your faith. And you say, I don't know what to say. And God may say, rejoice in me today. And you say, God, I just don't feel like it. I'm having a bad day. I'm encouraging you to stick with God's plan. Everything you're going through may say that your way is the best way. But we all know it's not. You've got to be willing to let God lead you. God often requires you to step on in faith, trusting him. How many times do you want the Lord to do everything and you do nothing? Often, he requires you to make a move based on what he's already said. God, make me lose 10 pounds. Well, make the first step yourself and walk every day. How's that? God, make my marriage better. Well, okay. Why don't you write your spouse a love note? God, I want to live a full Christian life. Okay. Why don't you make that call? Be baptized. Forgive your enemy, he says. God, make the church better. All right. Train the people. Go knock on doors. Plan for revival. What God says to you may not make sense to you, but he's trying to bring you to the promised land. Joshua 3.15 says, Now it was harvest season. Jordan's banks were overflowing. God chose to lead them across when the river was at its highest stage. Imagine that. Have you got any rivers that you think are uncrossable? There's three men and they're out hiking. They come upon a large raging river and they need to get to the other side, but they don't know how. The first man says, God, give me the strength to cross this river. Poof! God gives him mighty arms like Popeye, strong legs like a power lifter, and he swims across that raging river. It takes him two hours, but he makes it to the other side. Now, seeing this, the second man says, God, give me the strength and the tools to cross the river. Poof! God gives him a rowboat, and he rows across that raging river. Now, it only takes him 90 minutes, but he makes it. Now, seeing this, the third man says, all right, I get how this works. God, give me the strength and the tools and the intelligence to cross this river. Poof! God turns him into a woman. He looks at the map, hikes upstream 50 yards around the corner and walks across the bridge. See, God specializes in things thought impossible. That is kind of cute, actually, that story. And he can do what no other friend can do. He specializes in those impossible things. I don't have the power, you might say. See, Israel was powerless to cross the Jordan River on their own especially at the highest level of the season. Are you more focused on your powerlessness or God's power to bring you through it all? You can't stop your obstacles and your own strength any more than Israel could make the Jordan stop flowing. But God can. And when you face tremendous obstacles, let God bring you through it. My last point here is, tell others of God's mighty wonders. Right? That's how you do it. Don't forget God, all that he's done for you. Keep sharing who he is and what he's done for you and others and family and friends. Share those stories. See, we are so quick to forget all the great things God has done. And, well, we are long on remembering what hasn't gone right for us or what he hasn't done for us in our time. Think of the God, the day that God saved you. He made you new Think of the day God answered a prayer. He made a way where there was no way. As someone once said, the greatest enemy of faith may be forgetfulness. If we forget how God has worked in the past, we may not trust Him in the present. The greatest gift God has ever given is His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us life, forgiveness, strength, and hope. He is the one who sees you through life's tremendous obstacles. He died that you and I may live. Jesus has freed us from the bondage of sin. Imagine that. He has freed you, freed all of us from the bondage of sin if we just believe. Have you let him lead you into an overcoming Christian life? As we close, I want to finish the story we started at the very beginning of the four friends taking their paralyzed friend to Jesus. See, the four friends, they didn't let the crowd be the obstacle that it was. They came up with an idea to overcome it. They got their friend in to see Jesus and Jesus healed this man. They overcame the obstacle. Sometimes I think obstacles are placed on our path that See how we will respond. Are we going to quit? We're going to turn around? We're just going to sit down right where we're at? Are we going to cave in? Or will we be able to see God's hand and follow His way to overcome it? Overcoming obstacles, just as we've been talking about, devote yourself fully to the Lord. Let God bring you through it all and tell others of God's mighty wonders. Tell them those success stories. Pass them down in your family. Pass them down to your friends. Remind them of his mighty wonders. Obstacles, they're those frightful things you see when you take your eyes off the goal. Anything could be an obstacle. And looking back, sometimes my life seems like one long obstacle race and Unfortunately for me, I have been the chief obstacle most of the time. And sometimes we just have to get out of our own way and follow God's way. Step back. Everyone's life has obstacles. Again, what tremendous obstacle might you be facing today? They may seem impossible for you, but all things are possible for God. George Mueller once said, talking about obstacles in a Christian's life, he says, I say, and I say deliberately, trials, obstacles, difficulties, and sometimes defeats are the very food of faith. Will you quit because you were afraid or you can't see an obvious solution right away? Could it truly be that your obstacles are your miracles. Lord, everything in front of us can be an obstacle if we let it. All the things in life that we come across, if it doesn't happen right now, we believe sometimes it's never going to happen but your word today says it does you've been there you've been to, you've experienced everything that we've already experienced and what we're going to experience you know the right way through it are we willing to give it all to you and to follow your path daily that's the question for us lord Thank you for your word again. Thank you for enlightening us on what we need to do to overcome these obstacles. But at the same time, these obstacles are actually miracles that you're placing right in front of us to see what you're taking us on the other side. Amen. And folks, I just want to say, that the Lord bless you this week, this time. The Lord keep you protected and safe. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you the peace that you seek every day with him. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are and all that you do for us. Amen. And amen.